0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 6th, 2017. Keeping it real, fix her upper.
1: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for laughter, and thank you for your word found in scripture. Open us up that we might experience you in in a real way, either through a smile, a hug, or through the power of your word, through your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Well, Welcome to week two of our series called Keeping It Real. We're taking reality TV shows and considering some biblical truths with the TV shows. Last week, who was here for Chopped? Yeah, we had a great time. That was so fun. Today, we're taking a look at Fixer
0: Uppers. Fixer Upper. It's found on the Home and Garden Television Network, also known as HD HGTV. Who've seen a Fixer Upper once or twice? Wow, okay. popular show. So you know what we're talking about. For those who don't, it's a show that consists of a married couple, Chip and Joanna Gaines, who own and operate a company called Magnolia Homes, a remodeling and design business in Waco, Texas, helping couples find a house that needs some work, a fixer-upper, and then watching as they turn that house into a wow kind of home. um, Chip is kind of the lead contractor. He's the one that, you know, fixes the foundation, tears out the walls, that kind of thing. Joanna is kind of the design person, the look and feel of the home, you know, like a a kitchen island here or some new cabinets there. I'd say it's pretty incredible seeing the transformations that Chip and Joanna are able to make happen, the, the vision they have for taking what is and turning it into what it can be. Well, it's just, it's remarkable at times. Actually, their ability to look past what's right in front of them and to be able to see what it will look like after the changes are made. It's, it's amazing, it's a gift. They've actually, they've, I'd say they have a gift. But
1: as visionary as Chip and Joanna are, as amazing as some of the transformations that they really do uh, have that we watch on TV, that doesn't even compare. It doesn't even hold a candle at all to the vision, to the transformations of God. Let's face it. You, me, we're all fixer uppers. We are in need of fixing up in a variety of ways. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a little bit run down, times when there's separation from God, in need of repair, in need of renovation, not to mention redemption and resurrection. We're reminded of this when we take a look at Romans 3.23. This is a scripture that uh, many of you probably already know. Say it with me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory oh, of
0: God. You know, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. Like a house that has now run down, one time it was brand spanking new. We humans at one time, <coughs> we had a law going on. We had it all going on. Back in the garden, Garden of Eden, paradise. Say it with me, paradise, paradise. He didn't get any better than that. Not from what I read, what from what I hear. It was awesome. But we allowed that house to deteriorate pretty quickly, didn't we? Yeah. By not listening to God, by listening to the evil one, the one who wants to separate us from the God who wants to steal our joy, kill our dreams, destroy our lives. Yeah. He helped bring that paradise house down, but he didn't do it alone. We listened, we acted, we turned away from God, and we've been doing that ever since.
1: And we tried to hide. We were ashamed of the disobedience. We were ashamed of our newfound nakedness, of the vulnerability. We did try to hide. We do try to hide, don't we? but God would not let us hide. He didn't let Adam and Eve hide. He does not let us hide. He came searching, and he comes searching. Check this out in Genesis 3. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And he, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Hmm.
0: Who told you that you were naked? It's a good question, isn't it? Who told you that, God asked you that? It's the same question God asks us at time. Who told you that when we hear a voice other than God in our head? Who told you that you were stupid? Who told you you're worthless? Who told you you'll never amount to anything? Who told you you're nothing? Who told you? Who told you that? Who told you that? Because it wasn't God. That's not how God rolls. That's not God's style. Because all God wants to do is tell you how much he loves you. No, the one who told you that is that other one. The one who wants to steal and kill and destroy. That's not how God rolls. God just wants to say, I love you. And so God showed his love
1: he showed his love to Adam and Eve but not without first holding them accountable he took the serpent that he he told the serpent that he would be cursed above all livestock that he would crawl on his belly and eat from the dust and for the woman her pain in childbirth would greatly increase and her desire for her husband would be great and he would rule over her to adam he said that there would be thorns and thistles to that he would have to contend with, and by the sweat of his brow, he would now eat the plants from the fields until the day he returned to earth himself. From dust he was taken, to dust he will return.
0: Well, God delivered on all those promises, didn't he? Yeah. But then God showed his love for us by offering the first animal sacrifice. Sacrifice that first animal took the skin and fashioned clothing for Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness, to cover their sin. It was the first of many, many, many animal sacrifices we read about in the Old Testament. Many, many, many sacrifices to cover the sin of the people. And these sacrifices continued to be made until God offered up the absolute uh, ultimate sacrifice, showing his absolute love for us, sacrificing his one and only son, Jesus, the Christ. The ultimate sacrifice to pay the price that we couldn't pay for our sin, now and forever. That sacrifice allows you and me, we fixer-uppers, <laughs> to be made brand new in Christ in a, in a most miraculous way.
1: We said that Chip and Joanna, they have this gift for being able to look at a house and see what could be, to see what transformation could take place, to see the after while they're looking at the before. But as I said a moment ago, Chip and Joanna have nothing on God. God doesn't look at a house. God looks at you. God looks at me. And God sees in our hearts, in our souls God knows what's there. He knows the potential, what we can be when for God first thought of us,
0: when we first came into this world. Mm. Reminded here of a story from the Old Testament, uh, uh, from the book of 1 Samuel. Israel had been what is known as a theocracy. That means that they were governed by Theo or God. It's an interesting arrangement. But the people wanted to be like the uh, the people around them, the other the other nations that they were surrounded by, and so they asked God to give them a king, and God granted their wish. And the first king was Saul, and unfortunately, Saul was a bit of a head case. He was a big head case. Things didn't work out real well, and Saul needed to be replaced. So God used the the prophet Samuel to be his hands and his feet and his voice in finding and anointing the next king of Israel. God directed Samuel to the house of Jesse and his eight sons.
1: And so one by one the sons came before Samuel starting with the oldest whose name was Eliab. When Samuel saw this strapping young man, Saul said, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things human beings look at. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart.
0: And so one by one, Jesse's sons came before the prophet Samuel. And one by one, God told Samuel that this was not going to be the one. This was not the future king of Israel. Seven brothers passed by Samuel, and not a one of them was going to be king. And so Samuel asked Jesse if this was all of the sons that he had. And and Jesse said, no, there's one more, the youngest. He's out in the field. He's he's watching the sheep. And so they sent for him, and and they brought him in. And Scripture describes him as ruddy, with a fine appearance (coughs) and handsome features. And, And the Lord told Samuel then to rise and anoint him. This was the one. And so Samuel anointed the run of the litter, the youngest, the little guy from out in the field watching the sheep. His name was David. David. To be future king of Israel in the presence of his father and his seven brothers. And scripture says from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power.
1: Chip and Joanna, look at what's there inside the house and outside they can see what they have to work with god sees much deeper much much deeper beyond the physical beyond what is visible to the naked eye god sees into the heart into the very soul of a person and because god created us knit us together God knit you together. Do you know that? You are no accident. You're not some random boom. God knit you together, a purpose and a plan for God. Once we embrace that, life is forever, forever different. You are the sons and daughters of a most high God. God is the ultimate fixer-upper. We're reminded of what God called uh, Jeremiah to, listen to this, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knew you. God knows you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Mm.
0: And so God had a call on Jeremiah's life (laughs) before Jeremiah ever saw the light of day. And God has a call on each one of our lives as well, your life my life. He has set each of us apart even before we were born. Set apart for great things, for miraculous things, for God-sized things. All we have to do is stop saying no. Allow God to bring that transformation about. All we have to say is yes to that opportunity of a relationship, a saving relationship, a brand new me relationship in Jesus Christ. A relationship where we know that We're sinners in need of a Savior, and Christ, and Christ alone is the one who can save us from the sin that we talked about earlier. Again, from the book of Romans, uh, this time, chapter 6, we were at 323. This is 623. Share this with me, will you? For the wages wages of of sin sin is death, death, but the the gift gift of God God is is eternal eternal life life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, amen. So in Romans
1: 3.23, we're told that we're all sinners, and that is, in fact, absolutely true. But here's the thing. In 6.23, the wages of sin and death is death, but God does not want us to stay in that place, you know, death to spirit, death to soul. God's gift is not death. God's gift is life, eternal life through jesus christ that's a gift to embrace we don't have to stay in that place that's lifeless that's dark that's ugly but live into the place the space that god wants that righteousness that is given to us through the relationship of jesus christ through jesus christ one of our favorite scriptures a lot of you might know it second corinthians 5 17. this is about you Say it with me, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new had come. Mm. You
0: know, it's incredible what God can do with a fixer-upper like you and me. And actually, what he can do with an actual fixer-upper. Our, our first house that we bought, our first house we bought way back early in our marriage was absolute fixer-upper. I mean, we bought that house for like 22000 bucks back in 70 eight, nine, something like that. Anyway, this is a house. The source of heat was a single, it had been a coal furnace. They put a burner in it. Single source, two-story house, one place in the downstairs where the whole heat for the whole house came out. It had no screens. It had, you'll love this, a 60-amp, sir, 415 fuses. Yeah, I had a shelf full of burnout fuses because those things went like I mean that was a it was a great house to learn how to be a fixer upper because we learned a lot about home repair and renovation. In Alan, that house. do you remember
1: there was one summer that we wanted to travel and we went to share that with my dad and Dad said that's great but what's gonna happen in the winter when it gets heat? cold? Well I
0: mean, we it was really so we put in we, it ourselves with a guy across the street we put in our own heat and air system we uh, fully refurnished uh, redid the kitchen took a back porch, put a, put a powder room in there. We shored up the front one. We did, oh my gosh, top to bottom. We did a lot in that house. What was really incredible is we sold that house a few years later and actually kind of skipped a step and we bought kind of our dream house. A friend uh, who was a builder custom built this house. that was just an awesome house. And, and thanks to being able to purchase that house before we were in ministry, <laughs> then in ministry and moving up here, it allowed us to move up here and to be able to purchase a home while we're in the process of starting this church. So it's really incredible how God can see way out past that little fixer-upper and was able to use that to start a process to allow us to move to Middletown many, many, many years later. God's awesome, isn't he? How God can just see down the road there, see what's coming long before we can. Incredible.
1: So the question we always come to, what about you? What about you? I'm a fixer-upper. I believe that we're all fixer-uppers. We all are. There are things in our lives that need attention. There are things in our lives that need renovation. I kind of picture myself as, as this house, and there's a lot of different rooms, and it's like, I'm going to open this door. God, you can go wide in there. That's great. But stay out of this space, this little closet, because I don't want you to deal with that part wants all of us Mm. every bit of us every nook and cranny every place and every space and why wouldn't we trust because god's way is perfect for us god really does know what's best and so we can really trust and say okay god i'm going to take one more step i'm going to open this door and then tomorrow i'll open that door i will do this we can do this I can remember I was on a retreat a long time ago, and I was standing in the back of the church, and it was during communion. And I felt like I was in a pretty good place in my life spiritually, and that alone was very arrogant and prideful. So I stood back and I said, so God, what do you want me to deal with right now? And boy, I didn't expect an answer, but I got one. And it was this area in my life that was so major that had to be dealt with. And I had to open a door of some old wounds and some old hurts and get that straight and get the relationship right. And when we do that, when we open the doors and our fix, when we get the ultimate person who can be our fixer-upper to take care of things, such freedom, such freedom. God took a little shepherd boy and could see a king. He could see David. And then David wrote a lot of years later, said, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether you believe it or not, that's God's plan. That's what God did. You are fearfully and wonderfully made made and we rejoice that together we're all in need of a savior we're all fixer uppers but we have the relationship with jesus or we can accept that relationship to be new the old is gone the new has come
0: fearfully and wonderfully made so god knit you together in your mother's room with more potential than you can even begin to imagine Fearfully and wonderfully made, are you prepared for God to help you realize all that potential? To transform you from a fixer-upper to a showcase. (laughs) The showcase that God had in mind when God first thought of you. Transform through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, yeah, we're all fixer-uppers, and in your hands, wow, incredible things happen. Please, please help us to learn to stop saying no, Lord. Please help us to open some of those doors, like Carrie was talking about, that we try to keep shut. Please help us to let you have access to all of us, Lord, and please help us to, uh, to uh, be open to realizing. All that you had in mind when you first thought of us, Lord. Pray for each and every one here. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All those gathered said, Amen. Amen. Hmm. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus in the life.